This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new episode of Mercado and Manning, Media Week's weekly TV podcast. Welcome back, Andrew Mercado. Hello to you, James. Uh, we've got a fair bit to get through this week, so we better not um, better not stuff around. We've, uh, I've got something more to say. We talked a little bit about Candy and Under the Banner of Heaven the last few weeks. I've watched all yeah. of Candy. I actually did something I rarely do. I binged it all in one day. It's um, Wow. It's an amazing series. Talk a little bit about Disney Plus. We've got some new stuff on um, Binge and Foxtel, something new on uh, Apple TV Plus I've started. And we're going to talk a little bit about the latest sort of batch of reality TV that's uh, just launching uh, on starting on Sunday night on the free-to-air networks. There's a new drama on Nine. So, so let's go yeah. back and have you watched any of Candy? No, I still haven't seen any of it. And this is the one with Jessica Beale and an uncredited Justin Timberlake playing a cop, yeah? How was JT? Tell me about him. J- JT was so good, I've got to tell you. It was, it was just fantastic. He did such a good job. Um, wow. And, and I read a little bit about the behind-the-scenes story because um, Jessica Beale is also a sort of an executive producer on the project, and and yeah. um, she suggested she was just because they all they talk about all their projects together apparently as you would a uh, husband and wife, yeah. I guess. And um, he asked, "Oh, have you got anybody to play it?" And she said, "No, nah, well, we've already spent our money on the cast. We'll probably just have to get some local, you know, source some local actor." wherever they filmed it. I can't remember where it was. And she said to him, oh, maybe you could do it, you know. It a, and uh, he said, oh, I've already thought of that. <laughs> right. And then they both went and spoke separately to the other executive producer. Then they talked to the creators and they, yeah, he came on board and did such a good job. It's just brilliant. Um, I mean, who would say no to getting him playing a supporting role, you know, when they're, you know, everyone knows that they're married and, uh, you know, he still has a huge fan base, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And he and he does such a brilliant job. Wow, you know, there's um, there's plenty more of him in acting if he ever wants to give uh, music a break and get deeper into it. Yeah. He plays, uh, well, as you said, he's uncredited. He plays a police detective in the series. You find out the, the sort of the, the crime happens very early on in this show as is happens in a lot of dramas these days, the um, something that happens and you, you you sort of know what happened and who did it, and you expect when Jason Timberlake turns up as the sort of investigating detective that it will become like a um, a police procedural, if you like. You expect that's how it will unfold, but it doesn't really go down that track. What happens through a, a series of... Um, flashbacks you start the story starts to build which look i'm not a great fan of flashbacks in general but i thought yeah. this worked this worked really well and it was it's pretty fascinating to see how it develops so yeah look i i just couldn't stop watching it and it it was a confluence of factors i actually had a night where i had nothing to do um yeah and i'd started it and i thought i'm just going to keep going and i think there's five <laughs> episodes so it's possible to do it in the in the one evening. Yeah. And it's just, just fantastic. It 
look, it loses it a little bit at the very end, and it's it's not unlike um, Under the Banner of Heaven. It is quite violent <laughs> to, towards wow. the end. The um, yeah. the actual death is um, I look. I won't go into it because I don't want to give you any spoilers. But again, be prepared. Strap yourself in for that for that last episode. But I, I think it's really worth watching and um, look away if you have to in the appropriate places. But but yeah, look uh, under the banner of heaven. Look, I I gave that a massive um, tick last week. I've, I've finished all of them. It's brilliant. Same with candy. That that's very good too. Yeah, cool. Okay, candy's on my list. Yeah, and just a slight segue. Um, there's uh, we talked a lot about the cast of Under the Banner of Heaven. What a great job they did! And we did. Denise Goff was is one of my favourites now um, because of the work she's done on that and the other work she's done on some English dramas. Disney Plus this week announced a, another. Or released a trailer for another. I, I look. I'm not much of a an expert on the Star Wars universe, if you like. But there's yeah. a a new series coming called Andor, a, a twelve episode series from Lucasfilm. It uh, takes place apparently before the events of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. It's right. going to on September twenty one. So there's a there's a little way to go yet. It'll be a three episode premiere, and then I guess they'll drop one each week. But the the yeah. reason this interested me was Denise Goff's one of the actors in this, right? So so that sort of maybe gives me one one reason to watch it. But I'm guessing you're going to have to be maybe a a Star Wars, you know, to know what goes on to, to dip into this. I, I'm not sure, but um, so that that's coming up. And there's a great. They've released the poster for it too, and it's a great sort of retro Star Wars poster. It, it looks really nice, so they're doing a great job of uh, marketing this. It does seem like the Star Wars universe is going to be streaming more on TV than being in cinemas by the sound of this. Uh, I mean, Rogue One, that movie you just referred to, the Han Solo standalone story, didn't do as well as the other Star Wars movies. So I think they felt a bit burnt by that. Right. Uh, but, you know, look at the success of The Mandalorian and some of the other Star Wars series, and uh, I'd say the numbers are probably stacking up better there maybe. Yeah, look, it's interesting as we, we really watch the development of the of the streaming platforms, if you like. They're still yeah. finding their feet. They're still finding out what works. And it's been a pretty big development in the US about a streaming platform just this week, yeah? Yeah, massive. Days of Our Lives, which is the longest-running drama on NBC, is uh, being taken off the NBC main channel uh, in September and moving exclusively to Peacock, which is NBC's streaming service, which costs US uh, $5.99 a month. Now, look, this sounds, doesn't sound great, but, you know, if you go back into the Media Week archives and research an interview I did with Ken Corday for Media Week, who's the producer of Days of Our Lives, he told us several years ago that the streaming numbers for Days of Our Lives on the NBC platform was outperforming most of their primetime shows. So it's very clear there's a streaming audience there. 
We talked, I think, just last week about the fact that there's already an exclusive Peacock series called Beyond Salem, which is now in its second series. Uh, I mean, it sounds, you know, I worry about the older audience of Days of Our Lives who've been watching it, you know, on NBC their whole lives. I mean, some of those older people may not stream. And I think we've seen in the past, I mean, we, we just have to look at the example of Neighbours being moved from the main channel to 10 Peach. You can lose a lot of your audience overnight. But, look, let's hope that NBC know what they're doing. Um, they're replacing it on air in the daytime with another news show. Can you believe it, James? I mean, honestly, how much more news can NBC do in a single day? So that will leave just three soaps on air in the daytime in America. The Bold and the Beautiful and the Young and the Restless on CBS and General Hospital on ABC. NBC are now out of the daytime drama game. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? I, I guess you can look into the future and think, well, all soaps might end up on um, on streaming platforms the, the way we're going. And, um, and yeah. news is, a, I think... Look, they spend a lot of money on news, but I think it's relatively cheaper to extend your news hours. I always remember David Gingell when he extended nine news from 30 minutes to one hour at 6 p.m. and pushed a current yeah. affair back to 7 p.m. Like nine trumpeted that as a great sort of financial move. Um, and it was all so very good for their ratings too, of course, But because um, the audience, it's what they wanted. They wanted a, a longer news bulletin. But, it, you know, to extend the half hour to the hour, you know, was a, a financial saving because it stopped them having to produce another program for, for 7 p.m. every day. Yeah, free to air are clearly all about saving money these days. Uh, so, yeah, let's see how much more news we can fit into a schedule. Yeah. One quick thing I wanted to mention on Disney Plus too, the the app is now available on the Foxtel um, set-top boxes or it's being un, uh, unroll, uh, rolled out across the um, the different, I think, th boxes three, four and five will be able to take yeah. it. So that's it's another way of Foxtel keeping you on their set-top box and it's very inconvenient if you're a Foxtel user and you can go between the different apps without having to sort of, you know, change the the source of your um your TV signal. It yeah. just makes it a lot easier. Before we get on to free to air, something else, a couple of things. Um, Surface has uh, recently been released on uh, Apple TV Plus. Have, have you had a chance to look at that at all yet? What's it called? Surface. It's um. Uh, excuse me with the pronunciation, but I'm pretty sure it's Gugu Mbata Raw is the star of this. Um, she was in a recent UK thriller called The Girl Before, and she doesn't play a not right. sort of dissimilar character in this. She's um, She has a terrible accident and she loses a memory. She just can't find yeah. out what happened, you know, what led up to the accident. Uh, it's set in San Francisco. She's got a bit okay. of a bit of a creepy husband and um, the mm. plot sort of unveils from there. Someone turns up who sort of suggests that, look, you know, it was, you know, somebody might, it was on a boat. She went off the edge of a boat. Um, some people think she tried to commit suicide. Somebody else suggested to her she was pushed. So the yep. sort of plot unveils from there. It's Look, it's an interesting storyline. It's again the problem I have with a lot of US dramas. It looks too glossy. 
doesn't look like it's got enough depth, but I'll, I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, and uh, I'll certainly look out for it. One thing of interest is the guy playing the creepy husband is um, Oliver Jackson Cohen. The interesting thing yep. for me about that is he played Sarah Snook's husband in um, uh, The Secret River, I think about seven oh, years really? ago, in 2015. Yes, and he was so good in that. And, you know, whenever I see him pop up in something, I always think of him as the British actor who came down to make Secret River uh, for the ABC. Yeah, yeah. And one other thing I've only just started, and I've actually haven't even finished the first episode yet, but Our House, it's up on uh, Binge and Foxtel. It's another Martin Comston um, show. So he's still dining off his work on Line of Duty, I guess, and he's that was yeah. so- successful thing people love to get him in in their thrillers um this one is called our house co-stars are tuppence middleton from uh, downton abbey and it's it's got an amazing start because um tuppence shows up she's sort of coming home in the evening to a to a, a sort of a nice middle class english home she sees a, a removal van out the at the front as she's walking down the street she's thinking to herself, oh, someone's moving in, wonder where they're going. She gets to the front gate and realises they're actually taking this gear into her house. And she says, hey, what's going on here? And it turns out somebody's arrived at their home to move in. She's been away for a couple of days and somebody's bought their home. Uh, She's married to to Martin Comston and, um, and the story unveils from there. She gets inside, the house has been stripped, there's nothing left. This the woman who's bought the house is saying, "Yeah, look, I've bought it. Here's some of the paperwork that proves it." And you know, there's it follows a series of flashbacks. It goes, it, they take us back ten years, and the story starts to un, unravel from there. Um, it's good. Look again, you've got to watch it all in a flashback. I like a story that starts and just keeps going. But uh, call uh, me old, call me old fashioned. Just four episodes, though, James. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's it's not a big ask, and it's it'd be interesting to find out. You find out that um, Martin that first episode also shows that uh, Martin was being uh, unfaithful to um, his wife, and that's obviously put pressures on the relationship. She boots him out, um, and presumably that has something to do with um, with why the house gets sold while she was away. But I think there's a few more plot twists to come as well. Yeah. We've got something rare this week, Andrew. We've got a new free-to-air drama series. A new Australian drama, more to the point. Australian Uh, drama series, yeah. This is After the Verdict, which begins on nine on Wednesday nights after the block. Now, this is the second courtroom Aussie drama we've had this year. We've still got the 12 unfolding on Foxtel and Binge, big 10-episode set there. Now, the 12 is about... 12 jurors and it goes through the court case and it's a very serious drama after the verdict is very very different it's got a much lighter more comedic tone and it only follows four jurors after the case is over and those four jurors are played by Michelle Lim Davidson from the newsreader Magda Zhabansky Sullivan Stapleton and Lincoln Yowns who's really playing against character uh, and look, I thought it was terrific. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good, isn't it? Because yeah, look, there's not enough 
drama that sort of gets it into prime time. I've watched that first episode, and it's it's pretty interesting, isn't it? It's um, the cast is good. Um, we get the the court case finishes, and it'd be great to see where it goes. But it's interesting. It's a it's another courtroom drama, though, isn't it? It is, and look, it's a very light tone. I mean, look, the plot is borderline ridiculous. It's highly improbable, um, and you have to just take it that, you know, this is not a serious drama like The Twelve. This is very much a light drama with a lot, with a comedic tone, and, you know, that's why Magda Zhabansky's there. Um, Michelle Lim Davidson is very good at that type of thing. Uh, and Lincoln Yowns is playing it for comedy too, not so much Sullivan Stapleton. But, look, I've watched the first three episodes and it's from the makers of House Husbands, so uh, that might uh, the tone is very much like House Husbands. These, you know, there's there's always a couple of cute kids around, and uh, but yeah, good to see a brand new original Australian drama on Nine that isn't part of an underbelly franchise. Yeah, yeah, it's good, good, um, good dimension. A House Husbands, there, it's got a very similar feel, doesn't it? I think it's Ali Beaumont and Drew Prophet yes. were the uh, the creators. Of after the verdict, and of course they also worked on uh, House Husbands. Of course, a, a uh, relationship with Nine there as well that they continue with. Yeah. Speaking of Nine, probably well, it's I guess we could call it their equal, equally most important show. Possibly second most important. I'm not sure, but it's up there with Maths, and that's the block which uh, launched. Oh, yeah. It uh, sort of rounds out the year for them in terms of um, the ratings year. It launches again. We've both watched the start of this season. I've got to say I was pretty happy with that first episode that I saw. Yeah. Yeah, look, I watched the second episode and, you know, they get this gift in the second episode (laughs) of two contestants walking out. Now, they're not being secretive about this, no plot spoilers, but for anyone who hasn't seen the promos and doesn't want to know, I'm not going to tell you who it is because I think it's fun to watch and try and figure out which couple are faking their smiles as they clearly aren't coping too well with some criticism from Shana Blaze and the other judges. Uh, They say uh, they left in the middle of the night. They told no one they were leaving the show. We see the producers and Scott Cam pretty unhappy about it the next day. They've since come out and said that they, they left to look after one of their sick mothers and Scott Camp, uh, Scott Cam is uh, apologising for calling them un-Australian, but he is also asking why didn't they just say they had a sick relative? Like we would have flown them back to deal with that, just like we did with a, a COVID lockdown. So you know, I think it makes for great TV. And look, the block goes into a forehead battle this Sunday night because it goes up against My Kitchen Rules coming back on seven. The Masked Singer back on 10 and Spicks and Specs back on ABC. And I think the gift of two contestants walking out in the very beginning of it, I think that will give the block the edge to win that ratings battle. I have no doubt that the block will be the most watched reality show out of those four this year. Yeah, yeah. The um, the My Kitchen Reels will be interesting, won't it, with... Uh that Nigella factor will account for something. And I think there'll be a fair sort of audience who'll want to watch both. 
And so it'd be interesting to watch those total TV figures, if you like, where they factor in the um, the streaming numbers for for people who sort of catch it up a day or two later on um, on Bevod. Look, Nigella Lawson is going to be a huge draw card. She, of course, replaces Pete Evans. I have seen some chatter on Twitter that she may not be in every single episode of the show. Uh, seven are yet to confirm that. But, look, she's certainly there in the first four episodes, which you can watch on the Seven Media site. It's still the same show, though. It's still n- normal people cooking food in their homes. Uh, I'm not big on cooking shows. It's not for me. Um, but, you know, fans of MKA, it'll be interesting to see if they come back to it and watch it at this time of year because it's never screened at this time of year, right? It always used to screen in January and in the end it got uh, demolished by Married at First Sight. Yeah, correct. If Seven pull this off, it'll be a massive um, win for them because bringing back a format that was rested because it basically wasn't working um, is a very hard thing to do. So if they pull it off, well... Um, you know, congratulations to them. Just just on the block before we leave that, there's a, a number of firsts. Did I the, the first female tradie and the first Muslims on the show? It's it's taken them 18 seasons to do that, but um but but good on and them. Incredibly, we see Omar and Oz, the two Muslim mates, we see them praying together. And they will be observing Ramadan through the block. I mean, the block has been criticised in the past for being not diverse enough. This year they're blowing that out of the water by including that. That's that's a big uh, tick from me for that. And there's also an Indian-Australian couple uh, there with uh, uh, Anker and his wife Sharon, and she's known to Neighbours fans for playing Dippy uh, in Neighbours. Um, but, you know, judging on those first couple of episodes, I'm kind of shocked that Sharon Johal, being an actress, isn't able to take direction better because Scott Cam tells her something in terms of renovation and she goes and doesn't listen to him. Uh, and it's kind of amazing to think that uh, she gets that so wrong. So, yeah, uh, the block gets off, I think, to a great start. Yeah, I, lo- I love those um, renovation shows when they when the contestants ignore the advice from the uh, specialists. <laughs> yeah. and it, it always ends badly, and you've you've just got yes. to listen to these people and and take on board their what they're saying, especially if you're you're, you're building a property for sale. You're not actually going to live there yourself, so you know you you really want to do what they tell you to. And. This series of The Block is uh, filmed in regional Victoria near the Mount Macedon Ranges. This is a rural, they're doing farmhouses on 10 acres. So, you know, they don't want boho chic or, you know, they, they want the houses that they've brought in and placed down there. They, they want those houses to reflect the countryside around them. And, you know, we, we see in that first episode that a couple of the couples have a real issue following that request. Yeah. That'd be fascinating to see. Look, I don't know who the couple are that leave because I haven't read that. I've stayed away from that news about it and I've only watched the first episode. I've, I've got to guess who I think it might be. If you <laughs> yeah. know, if you watch that first episode, they don't tell you. Um, no. You know who it's not because at least one of the couples talk about the other people leaving, so it's not them. Exactly. But um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And also the judging, Neil Whittaker himself has been 
has renovated a sort of a country property, if you like, that he lives in now. So it'd be interesting getting his feedback on what they do on those sort of houses, given his yeah. um, experience in the last few years. Yeah, true. Okay, so now look, um, a couple of things. Now, you've mentioned uh, Uncoupled before with Neil Patrick Harris. Did you want to touch on it again this week? Well, I binged all of Uncoupled in one night. It's eight half-hour episodes. This is the new, uh, I guess, sitcom's not the right word for it, drama comedy from Darren Starr who created Sex and the City. And this is about Neil Patrick Harris as a gay man whose partner walks out on him after 17 years. And so he's now a single gay man in New York City with his three friends. Hey, is this sounding a bit familiar? This is Sex and the City now with three gays and a woman. It's, you know, I found it very, very, very Sex and the City by the end. Once I'd made that connection oh, I think I see what's going on here. Then I just kept seeing Sex and the City plot lines, Sex and the City situations. Um, It's good. It's not great. It ends on a cliffhanger, but the absolute scene stealer is Marcia Gay Harden, who plays a client of Neil Patrick Harris, and her role gets bigger and bigger as the series goes on, as it should, because she literally steals the show. Oh, good. Okay. Look out for that. That's on Netflix. Um, Now, you've seen a couple of – now, Channel 5 in the UK has done a couple of Neighbours docos. Yeah, so when uh, the Neighbours finale aired in the UK, they had two docos that followed. It was a Friday night in the UK. They did – Channel 5 made this terrific doco on the Neighbours stars who went on to become big big A-lister stars. And they kept making this claim all through the show that Neighbours has created more international superstars than any other TV show in history. And they were, you know, listing them all. Kylie, Jason, Guy Pearce, Delta Goodrum, Margot Robbie, Natalie Imbruglia, Holly Valance, on and on and on it went. It was a great doco. And then they followed up with this this special on the Neighbours videos, all of the pop music they released, and I thought, oh, this is going to be a step too far to me. But I ended up watching the whole thing, James, because I was in this neighbour's mania, and it did make me think what a wasted opportunity it was for 10. There's 10. They had the number one rating show on Thursday night. It looks like it's going to be the number one show of the week, but they still didn't win the night. They were beaten by nine. And if 10 had run a couple of Neighbours docos um, after their finale on the Thursday night, I reckon they could have won the night. And the docos were there. You could have done it with an easy edit. Studio 10 did some terrific on-set visits with Angela Bishop in the dying days of Neighbours. Bit of a wasted opportunity there for 10, but good on Channel 5 for uh, sending it off with, you know, several hours of Neighbours that went into the early hours of Saturday morning. I bet you the Neighbours fans over in the UK loved it. Speaking of um, soap fans who love stuff in the UK, what's happening with Coronation Street icons? So I've just noticed on Sunday night on UK TV, they're running this series called Coronation Street Icons. I mean, this is now the longest running soap opera in the world. The first episode will focus on Ken Barlow, who's played by Bill Roach. He is also the longest 
serving actor in a soap opera. Yes, he does beat Raymar's uh, effort as Alf in Home and Away. Um, I mean, he's been in the show since 1960, continuously still playing Ken Barlow. So the first episode will focus on that. Uh, it'll be, I'm a big fan of uh, classic Corrie episodes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, check it out on Foxtel and Binge or watch it live on Sunday nights on UK TV. Couple of things I'll um I'll finish up this episode with. The I mentioned, I think it was just last week, Better Things um series that's available on Disney Plus. Um I'd managed to avoid it for four seasons. They've just started the fifth. It's sort of a a, a sitcom, if you like, with um Pamela Adlon uh, as the star. She played the wife yes. of, um the wife of David Coveney's agent in um, Californication. So I've actually started yep. that. I've watched, I think, first three episodes of season one. Yeah, look, it's it's good. I'm enjoying that a lot. I'd, I'd happily recommend that. Still on my to-watch list, I haven't got there yet, is Murder in Provence. Um, I will yep. catch up with that. And something on Acorn, which you alerted me me to this week, was uh, is it Darby and Joan? Yeah, look, I, I really wanted to watch this. They sent me screeners for it, but I'm having an issue with my authenticator app. You know, you have to, you know, right. type in your number to prove who you are. And so I was unable to watch it. But this is the show starring Brian Brown and Greta Scarchi uh, as uh you know, travelling around Australia, I think in like an RV van or something. Um, you know, I love Brian Brown and Greta Scarchi. They start together in that movie Palm Beach, which was a bit of a hit at the box office, an Aussie movie a few years back. So they clearly cooked up this idea. It'll be an Acorn original. I look forward to seeing it at some time. Um, great to see Acorn TV are getting, uh, making an Australian original that's great for such a, a you know one of the smaller streaming services yeah abs absolutely it's um you get the feeling I and mean, i thought i had a feeling that brian brown may be making a few of these sort of you know road movies for i guess you could say it's for an older audience isn't it yeah but, but that's okay i mean of course he, he knows he he knows his audience um, and, you know, I mean, yeah, I said look at Acorn TV's audience. They are an older audience who like to watch those British crime dramas. So, yeah, he's he's come up with a concept that clearly they love. Yeah, you, you wonder how much, um, I mean, it's not totally dissimilar to the offering from BritBox, I guess, is it? Again, it's True. very heavily British flavoured. It's for an older yeah. audience, you know. How much room is there for these platforms? I'm not sure, but they've got some good stuff. They've got um, uh, Agatha Raisin, that um, UK yep. series. I think they've got all series of A Place to Call Home. I think, yep, I think they do. As well. Um, yeah. The, the, the Cries on there, that um, that um, drama series that was on the ABC. So they've got some interesting stuff. They've got a lot of those US Hallmark mystery movies. I think it's yeah. like them. So if you're the Janet Kings there, Crownies is there. So, you know, there's a fair bit of interesting stuff. Janet King was huge on Acorn TV in America, so much so that after it uh, finished, they screened Crownies, which they'd never screened before, and called it the early Janet King years. That's how popular Janet King was to Acorn viewers in America. Yeah, yeah. All right, good stuff. Um, anything else you wanted to leave us with this week? 
Uh, no, I think I've pretty much done it all. I, I mean, you talk about having to watch Murder in Provence. I'm still trying to figure out when am I going to have time to watch Series 2 of Only Murders in the Building on Disney Plus with Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez. It's on my list of things I need to get to. One of these days I will. No, I still haven't watched the first season of that. So, yeah, that's um, <laughs> it's gonna, we're going to have a lot of trouble doing our best of list this year, I've got to tell you. Oh, please, tell me about it. It's going to be very, very hard. But um, I've made a bit of a start on it where some years I, I sort of um, – it gets away from me, but um, we'll see how we go. Look, Andrew, great talking to you. This has been the Media Week podcast. Get this on the listener app. You can uh, get it on mediaweek.com.au. Click on audio then click on podcasts, or you can get it on your favourite uh, podcast platform. Like us or follow us to make sure you get alerts every time there's a new episode. You can read Andrew's column every Friday in the Media Week Morning Report, also at mediaweek.com.au. Speak again soon, Andrew. Thanks, James. Have a great week.